Hi, welcome to The Church Split. My name is Will, and let's talk about another one of those dicey topics. So today we're talking about interracial marriage. Now, it's not as dicey anymore as it was back in the day, but just so you guys know, I'm going to speak pretty candidly in this video, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I just think that we should just be able to talk about interracial things and racial issues in general without having everyone having their guns out pointing at each other for every reason on planet Earth. So anyway, this particular topic is pretty personal to me since, you know, my wife is, well, she's Korean. So you see, I think this is an important thing that we, uh, tend to address, we need to address. Now you might say I'm biased since my wife is Korean, but I do think that we need to talk about this biblically before we develop opinions on it, which I did a long, long time ago, but here I am anyway. So the first time this topic I ever saw really actually come up like in a Christian setting was uh, was at Bible College, actually. At Crown College of the Bible, I don't think they have this rule anymore, in all fairness, but it kind of tells us something about the administration. Uh, but they had a rule of no interracial dating unless you had both parents' permission and your pastor's permission, which is kind of crazy when you think about it because that is excruciatingly racist. But anyway, uh, the thing is, is with this idea of uh, that, in that we find these in some only fringe circles. We find this idea of things against... Uh, being against interracial marriage really only in fringe circles and fundamentalist circles, and even in fundamentalist circles, only parts of them. So, uh, but I do know this does come up in some other areas, and maybe there's some people who are very old school, who are raised during a different time, like my grandfather, who kind of had that struggle for a little bit of how to deal with it. Um, so some people from just a different generation, I know, have an issue with it because of culture. But we don't, I don't care about culture. I don't care what the norm is. We are going to talk biblically here. And guys, just so you know, don't sit there and uh, start attacking one direction or another, labeling some person as a racist or whatever, because honestly, it's a it's not going to work here. I'm going to speak candidly on this topic, and I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging people's ethnicities, okay? I'm going to say that up front. There's nothing wrong with mentioning someone's ethnicity. I am German. My wife is Korean, okay? My boss, he is black, and he makes sure that everyone knows it because he cracks jokes about it all day long, and it's actually kind of awkward because a lot of people don't know if they were allowed to laugh or not, which is what makes it just so funny to watch because he'll crack a joke to somebody who walks in, and they're like, can, can he say that? And it's like, yeah, yeah, he can say that. And also you can laugh. It's okay. But anyway, so the thing is, like I said, at Crown College, this was a rule. And they didn't really enforce this rule. It's actually one of those things where you know, a lot of whites dated Hispanic stu uh, students, and uh, I was a white kid dating an Asian student, and no one really made a much guff about it until I got in trouble at Crown, and because I'm a rebellious person, then they did mention the fact that we weren't even supposed to be together technically, and I'm like, well, technically speaking, you're that's unbiblical. So uh, here, so if you want to label me a rebel back then, uh, it's funny because I I don't hold back on either side here. Uh, if you call me a rebel back then, well, I'm sorry, you're the one with the racist rule. Sorry, not sorry, but that was not the reason why we got in trouble because we, we got in trouble because we went out for coffee by ourselves. Yeah, I know. You never know what somebody might do in public. That was the idea. But anyway, we're not going to get into that. That's a whole other side story. But the better story is uh, what happened to me when I used to work for Brinks Transportation. So I used to work for uh, Brinks Transportation, which is the armored truck service. And we, I was riding with a guy. He was a, he was a, a guy who went to church uh, in, down there in Virginia as well. But again, 
more in a fringe group. And it was funny because he's like, you know, I believe this and this and this. I'm like, yeah, that's true. He's like, and I believe that. And I'm like, yep, that's true. It's like, and I believe this and this is, I don't care what anyone says. I'm like, yeah, amen. Good job. And he's like, and I'm just going to say, I know, I know this might irritate some people, but I'm just going to say, I don't think people should be marrying other kind, kinds of people. I think we should marry with our own people, marry with our own kind and color. And I was like, well, my wife is Korean. And things got so awkwardly silent in that vehicle. It was hilarious. I wasn't mad at him. I was just like, um, okay, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to let people live in their ignorance and it'll be okay. Let them live in their ignorance. But anyway, some people who are against interracial marriage will use a verse here in Daniel 2.43, where Daniel's interpreting a dream for Nebuchadnezzar. And it says, as you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together just as iron does not mix with clay. And this, this clay and iron thing is talking about nations, like these different nations marrying. And so they take these nations as a race. Now, here's a general problem in our, in our world today is that we equate nations or religions with race. That's not true. And by the way, I already know that there's going to be some Christian in there who goes, oh, well, it's not a different race. It's, it's ethnicity, okay? Uh, we're all the same race. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm using the terms that are used regularly in our culture. Yes, technically you are correct, but we're going to get into that here in a minute. So, when right here, when it's like when it's not referring to race, we need to stop equating nations with race, and we need to stop uh, equating culture as race, and we need to stop equating religion as race. Like nation, culture, and religion, they're all kind of connected, but they're all also different, and they're all their own thing. Uh, that was one of the things when people say when I'm like, well, I'm you know I'm not a personal fan of Islam. People go. <gasps> You're a racist. I'm like, no, Islam is a religion, not a race. Sorry, uh, that's that's different. Okay. Uh, so anyway, that that that's a thing here. So and that is exactly what's happening when people use this verse as interracial marriage. He's talking about different nations that are trying to unite with each other through marriage. Now you might think of medieval England, for example, uh, where different dukes and lords would marry their uh, have their children marry each other's children, so that way they would have economic status or they'd be able to have uh, a unity through these marriages. And that's kind of what he's talking about here by saying, hey, these aren't going to hold together, not going to be able to keep unity. Why? Because their values are different. Their morals are different as cultures and as nations. So therefore, the marriages will not work. You need values, you need morals to work together. That's one of the things in nation states in general. We need to have a we need to have shared values. That way we can operate as a nation state, right? So anyway, this is not referring to race. That's the point. That, uh, Daniel 2.43 is not talking about race. So other verses, though, when talking about not marrying uh, other groups are things like, you know, don't marry the Canaanites. You know, cannot marry with them. And again, this is the thing atheists bring up all the time. See, the Israelites, they were racist. No, again, they were different cultures. In fact, we know that a lot of Canaanites eventually converted to uh Israel. They converted to Judaism. A lot of other groups did too. They, they converted in. They called them proselytes. And the reason why the Bible, like why God was against, say, the Canaanites was because of their values and morals. They were literally burning babies alive to, you know, Moloch. And then there was human sacrifices to Baal um, or Baal, depending on how you want to pronounce that. So the point is, God was never against these races. They were always against their values. So these, we, again, we need to respect context. Respect the context when reading scripture, okay? So Israel was all about morals and values, not about race, okay? They're all about uh, serving, you know, God. All is about serving Elohim. They were not about uh, celebrating other people's gods or other people's immorality, okay? 
Anyway, so now to go uh, into a more proper context referring to this, we're going to talk about the imago die, also known as God creating us in his image, mankind created in the image of God. So in Genesis 1.27, it says this, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Here, very clearly, he states that, hey, God created us, all mankind, in his image. Now, that's where that guy who's, going, who's in the comment section already going, is, well, he's saying race, and it's not race. We're all the same race. I know, I know. We're all created in the image of God. But again, I'm contextualizing into our modern-day culture how we use the term. So anyway, and we know that animals here only reproduce after their own kind. Now, I know this is like, what? What are you talking about? I want to draw a very similar parallel here to those who'd be against interracial marriage. In verse 24, right before the image of God situation, we see this. So verse 24, and God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So here he's saying their own kind. Now, I know, and not to compare us to animals, but I'm going to compare us to animals because this is actually very important to the order of creation. Because remember, God is a God of order. He's a God of structure. And therefore, at the very moment of creation, he had an order in place, which was that all things would be created after their own kind. For example, there might be Labradors. There might be Great Danes. There might be uh, um, Huskies. There might be Retrievers. But they're all a kind. They're all dogs, right? So therefore, they can all breed with each other, and therefore, they will get all these different attributes depending on how that works. Now, the re I'm going to use dogs throughout this. Uh, I my own. I have three Siberian Huskies in my house. We used to actually breed them, uh, in fact. So we. I'm, I'm pretty familiar with this process. So we're going to talk about this. So we, as mankind, are our own kind. Hence the name, mankind. It's not white kind, black kind, yellow kind, red kind. It is or bronze kind. I don't want to keep the people in the Middle East. Uh, they're more of a bronze color, right? Anyway, uh, but we. You know, we don't want to sit there and. We call these different kinds. No, they're all mankind. So that's something that's important. So which so this tells us that by order of creation that all things were made to reproduce after their own kind. And guess what? We can reproduce with other people of other ethnicities, can't we? You know, my wife and I, we just got back from our baby moon. We brought this uh, back with us because I'm always accused of having to be right. And the atheists in my resigning to the faith videos really call me arrogant because I have to be uh, all right all the time as a Christian man. So... I thought I'd just own it here in good humor, okay? Um, so, but we just got back from our baby moon, and yes, I can reproduce with my Korean wife. And, you know, I have plenty of friends. In fact, one of my great friends, he's married to a, a black woman, and they have beautiful interracial, interracial children. And that's okay. Guess what? That's, that is what it is. So anyway, so we all create, we can all reproduce after our own kind. We see that. So if God doesn't have any morality against different uh, breeds interbreeding with each other, as long as they're of their own kind, then therefore we can make the same application and say, hey, with all the different breeds of people, of humankind, we are still of one kind. We can reproduce with one another. So that, so biologically, we are, t we are shown that, yes, Obviously, God is not against us because biologically, this actually works. So with that more scientific part out of, this, out of the way, we as uh, mankind 
are our own kind, but think about it this way. A dog might have pointy ears or flappy ears, okay? A short snout or a long snout, uh, blue or brown eyes, it's, but it's still a dog. Likewise, we have a red, blonde, black hair, brown hair, everything in between. We have big noses, small noses, wide noses, pointy noses. We have uh, big eyes, squinty eyes, round eyes, almond eyes, whatever you wanna say. We have all these different kinds of eyes. Uh, and then, you know, we have white, yellow, green, not green, but you get my point. All these different colors of skin and, you know, that doesn't mean we're of different kinds. It just simply means we have different attributes from one another. We have different features, so to speak, like we're a BMW, you know, all the different features. One of my great features as a German is I get to get burnt easily in the sun. I go outside for five minutes, I turn into a lobster. I'm actually one of, what is it, 3% of the population that gets this thing called devil's itch? It's pretty great, look it up. It's not a good time. But anyway, back on topic. So now let's talk about in Numbers. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1, tells us that Moses actually, it, the, yeah, the great prophet Moses, he was in an interracial marriage. It says right here that Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. Don't you love how the Bible always like doubles down and doubles down? It's like, oh, and they did this. You know, he married a Cushite woman and... Yes, he married a Cushite woman. Like, he always repeats itself. It's kind of funny. But anyway, I'm going to talk about the part of speaking against them here in a minute. But first, let's talk about this. What is a Cushite? When it married a Cushite woman? Well, a Cushite was from the, was south of Egypt, also in an area known as Ethiopia. So she was an Ethiopian. And I don't know if you know this, but Ethiopians are pretty dark. Yeah, they're very dark. In fact, so you have Moses, who's a Jewish man, and her as a that's probably a black woman, right? And so they, anyway, they were very dark in comparison. Jeremiah even compares the darkness of their skin to the spots on a leopard. So in Jeremiah 13, 23, it says, can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then also you can do good who are accustomed to do evil. And basically he's making a moral parallel here. You could read the whole thing there for the context, but he's going, hey, you know, these people can't change these, these features about them. So anyway, so we can get the picture right here that they are dark. They are very dark. So in other words, as my, in other words, Moses liked the black ladies, okay? He was into black women, and there's nothing wrong with that. Or at least he was into one, right? He liked her. So the point, and here, uh, what's funny, it's also like, so uh, my boss would say that she had the black fever. And uh, <laughs> growing, and when I went to uh, Crown College, when I started dating Callie, there was a friend of mine who always called uh, called me Yellow Fever because I was with her, and uh, it was an inside joke we had. And by the way, there is nothing wrong with acknowledging people's skin color. We live in a time that's far too sensitive over skin color. Look, dude, you want to call me pasty? Cool, call me pasty. I am what I am. You know, if somebody's brown, they're brown. Okay, we can. Make, uh, my eyes are blue. You have brown eyes, maybe. You have green eyes. Uh, you know, red hair, black hair. It doesn't matter. We are way too sensitive in our nation right now about ethnicity. It's okay to acknowledge ethnicity. We want we live in a world that wants to be colorblind, like, oh, well, I'm colorblind, and it's like our way of like being morally virtuous. But guys, guess what? A colorblind world is a very boring world. God created all this creation, all this cool parts of creation with different colors, and think of like flowers. Like, you never look at a flower and go, man, I really wish that all flowers were colorless. Like I'm colorblind to flowers. No, you don't want that. When I look at like Siberian Huskies, one of their greatest attributes is the fact that they have multiple colors, coats, red, uh, red eyes, blue eyes, brown eyes. And that's what people love about them. It's so guys, it, when it comes to us, like who cares? Like, yeah, 
it's okay. My wife is an Asian, so she is more yellow or bronze in skin tone, and somebody might be very dark, right, like an Ethiopian or Jamaican. It's okay to acknowledge these things. You know, we don't want to live in a colorblind world. We want to live in a colorful world where we can look at the different colors and the wonderful thing that God created and all this diversity and realize that it was good. At the moment of creation, God looked at all creation and said it was good. He created us in his image, and, you know, he has some diversity in there, which is cool. So we shouldn't be weird about it. I really wish we were less weird about it today. Um, but unfortunately, this is just the world we live in. But anyway, it's okay to acknowledge it's okay to acknowledge those things and our ethnic differences. That's fine. So anyway, notice though, now we're going to talk about, now remember when it said that Aaron and Moses, um, Aaron and Miriam spoke against Moses? Notice what happened here. So when they spoke against Moses, they were like, well, can't we hear from God too? Like we're pro we could be prophets too. We hear from God. God communicates with us too. And then God says this in verse six, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth, clearly and not in riddles, and he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. So God comes straight down to the tent, and he basically goes, hey, he has been faithful to me, which by the way, if he's married to, uh, if he's in an interracial marriage and that was wrong, God couldn't call him faithful, could he? But he did. So he's going, hey, he has been faithful. I don't even treat him like the other prophets. I speak with him directly. And should you not have been afraid then to speak to speak against him? Like, have some common sense here. He, and like I am in a close relationship with him and you are so openly speaking against him. So what God is saying here is that they should be prudent when it comes to a pro attacking Moses, going against Moses. They should have a little bit of wisdom here. However, it moves on to verse 10. He goes, when the clouds removed from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous with like snow and Aaron turned toward Miriam and behold, she was leprous. So now she was struck with leprosy. God is showing a complete judgment against them for speaking against his servant Moses, for going against the prophet and also being a racist. Okay. God was punishing them for this. And in verse 13 through 16, we see that Moses, instead of being bitter and angry toward her and wanting her to die, what he chose to do instead was advocate for her and of course, God knew he was going to do this. But, and Moses cried to the Lord, Oh God, please heal her, please. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had spit in her face, should she not be shamed seven days? Let her be shut outside the camp seven days, and after that she may be brought in again. So Miriam was shut outside the camp seven days, and then the people didn't travel or anything. So the thing is, is right here we see the fact that God's like, okay, but I'm still punishing her. She's going to be exiled from you for seven days, and she's going to learn her place. One, she's not in charge. You know, you are my prophet. Secondly, she's a racist, and she needs to have racism in check. And that was one of the things where it's so interesting to see that God, the fact that God is very much okay with interracial marriage. In fact, he called Moses still faithful afterwards. So people who are against interracial marriage, I'm sorry, you guys are going to have to find a way to attack Moses. And I'm just saying, it didn't go well for Miriam. So because racism, hating, hating or despising an image of God or just being against, maybe you're like, well, I have nothing against them personally. Like I'm okay with black people or Asian people or Hispanic people or, you know, whatever, Pacific Islander. I, I'm not against them. I just don't want them marrying into my ethnic group. 
okay, well, guess what? That's still racism. I'm sorry. You can, you can, you can, there's still, you can put lipstick on a pig, but a pig is a pig is still in the end, right? So bottom line is, guys, that there's nothing wrong with calling it out as racist when someone has this idea, but we can definitely take it from the Bible here that we are created in the image of God as a mankind to reproduce after our own kind, and there's nothing wrong with the interracial marriage, as we see that Moses definitely was in one, and he didn't mind at all. He was actually very happy to be with her. So with all that being said, we can easily conclude interracial marriage is not a sin. Not only is it not a sin, but God dealt harshly with Miriam for her racist mindset about the situation. So if you're in a dating relationship right now or looking to marry someone like you're engaged, do it. It's okay. And you know what? If a, the family is against you for racial purposes, guess what? Marry them anyway, because you are not held to the opinions of man. If they are having a sinful attitude towards somebody based on race, you are not obligated to follow your family. I'm sorry, there's, uh, that's, that might be controversial to certain groups, but I'm not really sorry, okay? You need to marry, if it's, if it's an immoral person or an immoral, immoral stance against your marriage, you are obligated to continue following God's way. So if you want to marry them and it's interracial, it's fine. Go ahead, do it. You cannot sit there and be held back by it. It's better to be to pursue the truth and morality of God than it is to pursue the opinions and subjectivity of man. And if you bring yourself under man's authority instead of God's authority, you'll never find happiness. You'll always be chasing your tail. And you'll find that that, that goalpost is shifted constantly. So do not follow it. Don't follow it. Don't be that guy who, who so blindly follows such silly and foolish things. So have a moral stance. Take a moral stand here. Be against racism in this sense, okay? And I know some of you, you know, and I also have a blog post. I talk about not being too obsessed with race. You know, we have, uh, uh, we have a whole thing right now where our whole nation is obsessed with it. So, but don't get pulled into that. See, because that's another form of racism. So just don't do it, okay? <laughs> it's okay to acknowledge it, but don't try to separate by it. That means don't try to separate marriages by it, don't try to separate people groups by it. Instead, just acknowledge the fact that, yes, we are all of different cultures, we have different ethnicities, and it's okay, but there's nothing wrong with intermarrying with each other and accepting one another for who we are. Just in doing so by the skin color is completely arbitrary and quite literally skin deep. So anyway, with that being said, the marriage bed is undefiled. As long as you live in a holy marriage in a covenant marriage with that person, there's nothing biblically or morally wrong with what you're doing. So anyone speaking against it, can shut up, right? Okay, so anyway, thanks for being here, guys. Like, subscribe, share.